This episode of Melvin Meets His Match contains strong language and adult themes. Hello, I'm Melvin O'Doom. Now, most of you know me as a radio and TV presenter where I've interviewed some of the biggest names in music and film. But you may not be as familiar with my not-so-successful dating career. Well, that's all about to change as I share the highs and lows of my love life in my own podcast, Melvin Meets His Match, brought to you by Tinder. I've invited some of my oldest and newest celebrity friends to help me improve my dating game, and something tells me they're not going to hold back. So let's not hang around, let's get into it. All right, so this week on the podcast, I'm very excited to be joined by one of TV's most desirable men. It's Tawi Adonis, Mr. Pete Wicks. How you doing, bro? Mate, after that intro, I feel fucking great. <laughs> most desirable men. I think that's the only time I've ever been called that. It's normally love rat. Do not try it. Listen, I see you on socials and I see the love that you get online, man. And you know what? Just from people in general. I remember one time I went to a restaurant that I go to that I love in, in Essex called Sheesh. And you were there with your people as well. And one of my good friends from school, he sat next to you and we all kind of were just chilling together. And we drove home that, that night and he was like, that Pete Wicks guy is such a gent. He, he, he just thought so highly of you that evening. And I think most people that come into contact with you think that. So don't try it. We know that you're a good guy, man. Do you know what it is? I think it's, uh, it's to be fair, like, Mel, it's the same as you. Like, manners don't cost a thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think there's enough people in the world that are fucking horrible and rude. So you might as well throw a bit of niceness around a little bit where you can. And we love it, Pete. Now, it's fair to say that you're one of reality TV's heartthrobs. So I needed you here on this podcast for some of that Pete Wicks energy, man. Right. I mean, listen, this heartthrob thing, because I'm, I'm knocking on a bit now. Uh, and it's starting to feel like, because reality TV has changed a lot since I started doing it. So now everyone is six foot five, built like a brick shit house. They're all big muscle Marys. They're all very beautiful. And I'm starting to look like a six-year-old dinner lady. So I'm hanging on, <laughs> hanging on um, to my youth because everyone seems to be getting younger and better looking. And I seem to be getting older and like an old boot. But I feel, I feel like we're maturing like a fine wine. Some people say they prefer me now. To when I, like, for example, I, I didn't have a beard, like, back in the day. And people are saying they prefer me with facial hair. So don't you feel like you're maturing in a nicer way now? Like a like a cheese? Like a mature cheddar? Yeah, listen, I, that's what I like to tell myself. I do feel like I'm in the twilight of my heartthrob days. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm on the way out very, very slowly. The grey hairs are coming in thick. But I do think um, you, 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 start, you start attracting a different sort of person as you get older, I think, which is a good thing. When you're younger, I think everyone just goes on aesthetics and they don't they don't really care about the rest of it. And I think as you get a little bit older, you need a little bit more than just the way you look. Do you feel like you're attracted to different people now, Pete? Or is, is your is your type pretty much the same? I'm definitely attracted to different people now, 100%. When I was younger, it was all just about, like I had this idea of what my type was, which was like Eva Mendes. That was my type. Right, okay. That was it. But now, what? attracts me to people is presence mm -hmm. so it's when someone walks into a room if a girl walks into a room and she captivates you for whatever reason that's what i find attractive you don't have to be you know the tallest or or, or the, the best looking or the funniest or the loudest or whatever else but it's saying about that person you're instantly attracted to that and sex appeal you can't teach 
people have either got it or they haven't. You know, sometimes when you look at someone, you think you're not ordinarily my type, but there's something about you that I, I just really fancy. That kind of sex appeal and that presence, that's what I'm attracted to now. Okay, so to any fans of uh, Pete Wicks listening right now, sex appeal. If you do look like Eva Mendes, though, still pop along. <laughs> I'm not ruling that out. <laughs> Right, so Pete, I want to rewind a little bit to when we did uh, Celebrity Circle for Stand Up to Cancer. Great cause, amazing show, although I thought you were Rachel Riley for most of it. <laughs> On that show, I could tell that you you put a lot of work into collating and creating your, your messages. So do you have any tips for like a good opening message on a dating app? Um, so I've had like a dating show for, for, for like a, a year or so and we've, we've heard all sorts of different opening messages from people. And I've had some interesting opening messages sent to me. Go on. Mate, but guys, it seems to be this common thing that guys seem to do this thing when they message uh, girls on social media. They send, it's the typical fuckboy message, isn't it? It's eyes and flame emojis. Oh, okay. If you do that, you ain't getting fucking anywhere. <laughs> You've got absolutely no chance. If you're sending eyes and flame emojis, you might as well fucking give up. Oh, shit. I've done that a few times, Pete. Mel, stop it. <laughs> because imagine how many geezers, because it's that lazy thing when you're sat there watching a story and you think, yeah, fit, flame. Then you go to the next story, flame. You're just fucking bombarding them. So what should I be doing then, Pete? So this is another thing you can't be doing, because girls the same term. My pet hate is when people try and be funny. Okay. You try and be funny and you're not funny. <laughs> yeah. Right? So I've had messages from people saying... um, Hey, if we were going to go on a barge weekend, where would you like to go? What? The fuck does that mean? Like, you know, when you're trying to be a bit quirky and a bit fucking weird, or like, you know, what would win in a fight, a shark or a light? Fuck off. Like, what a stupid question. I hate things like that. So that's never a good way. Just go with a normal message that you would do on a night out, I think. Like, like if you if you saw someone on a night out, you'd say, you all right, how are you? What are you up to? That sort of thing. Just, I think, leave it plain. Yeah. I would say like Towie days, Pete, like I hope you don't mind me saying this. You were kind of like known as a as a heartbreaker. Do you feel like people have a preconceived idea of you before they, they date you? Massively. I mean, at one point, I think I was like the biggest arsehole on TV, pretty much. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I, I, I was getting, people were burning uh, dolls of me and sending me videos of it. Seriously? Mate, yeah, I used to get death threats on a fucking week. About, ah, what an arsehole. Like, yeah, but like really bad. Hope you fucking die, you're disgusting, how you treat women, all that sort of shit, yeah. So how do you deal with that? Well, listen, if it was one of my mates or someone that actually knows me, and they said, listen, you've been a fucking dickhead, I'll take it on board. When it's sort of Donna in Nuneaton, who's never met me, I'll be honest with you, I, I don't really give a shit. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because she doesn't actually know me. She's, they've, they've seen a side of it that they think they know. And, and, and listen, when you do things like reality TV... The entertainment side of it is always kind of judged up a little bit on it. But I think people are definitely, people are wary because I haven't got the best reputation. So I always feel like I'm on the back foot before I even start when I meet someone now because I feel like I have to get past the fact that I'm not a complete arsehole. All right, so let's say you've seen a proper worldie in front of you. She said, let's meet up for a date. It's going flipping well. How do you convince that person that what you do on TV isn't entirely real? How do they get to know the real Pete? Do you know what? I think I'm quite lucky because I think um, although the stuff I've, I've sort of done on TV is, um, you know, obviously me, I think it's fairly obvious when people around me that I'm not exactly how I, I'm put across on TV. 
because I think when you go on like a first date or the first couple of dates, I I can't stand big deep chats on fucking first dates and fucking second dates. I think the whole point is whether or not you both get on, whether you've got the same sense of humour, about having fun and whether you enjoy being around each other. As long as you've got that, it's when you get a little bit further in and you get sort of three or four dates in and it starts looking a bit more, you know, serious along that sort of line, you know, are we going to continue seeing each other, that sort of thing? That's when you start to put in the groundwork to go, listen, I haven't got the best track record. I might be, you know, 34 this year and I may have only ever had one bird. But... (laughs) That doesn't mean that I'm a commitment phobe, even though I am. Uh, and then that's when you have to start uh, layering on the bits that, that kind of make it look like it's worthwhile hanging around with you. Party Pete and the fun side of stuff is easy. It's the bit when it starts getting emotional or, or there starts becoming feelings and, and all that sort of stuff. That's the bit that you have to start convincing people you're not an arsehole. So that normally takes four or five dates in. And to be perfectly honest, it's not often that I get a full or fifth date. <laughs> Pete, has there ever been a situation where you haven't convinced that person? They've like whatever you've said, they just haven't taken it on board. Yeah, hundred percent. But all, like, and what happens is then it gets thrown back in your face. Right. That's always the biggest one for me. So you you could you could date someone for a little bit and it will be fine, and they sort of because they're enjoying you know the, the whole dating process and you know all that sort of shit. But as soon as you do one thing wrong, it's I fucking knew it. I was right from the start. I've had it recently, actually. I was dating someone and then I I, I didn't ghost, but I, I went missing for a little bit. Okay. Let's put it that way. I went missing for a little bit. I was just I was just really, really busy. And, you know, I had a lot of stuff going on. And I, I sort of didn't speak to someone for, for a little while and then sort of popped up as if nothing had happened. Do you know what I mean? Like, all right, what are you up to? And it was, I knew you were like this. This is just what you fucking do. I knew it from the fucking start. I should never have bothered. And you think, oh, fuck me. Wow. Yeah, because I think people, they they will always have that in their heads that you're a bit of an arsehole. I, I don't think you'll ever be able to change that because it's documented. It's been documented for fucking eight years of my TV life that I'm an arsehole. So trying to change that, I don't think you can do it that quickly. And actions do speak louder than words. And unfortunately, I, I do revert back to being an arsehole quite a bit. So <laughs> not really helping yourself. The bad thing is that you know it as well, is that you, you're aware of it. That's, that's quite the interesting thing about it. But I'm very honest. I think honesty, I think, is probably one of the most important things when when dating someone is that it's listen, I am 34 this year and I have only really ever had one sort of proper girlfriend. So I've been single for the majority of my life. So it's fairly obvious that there's an issue there, which is probably commitment and whatever else. But I'll, I'll tell people that, you know, I'm quite honest about it. But it's because I'm, listen, I believe in soulmates and I believe in the fairy tale and I want to get married and I want to have kids and I want to do all that sort of stuff. But I'm just not one of the people that dots from relationship to relationship to relationship. And I'm fairly honest about how I feel about things. So, but the problem with that is that if you say that to someone and you say, look, I don't know if this is necessarily going to go anywhere, but I really enjoy spending time with you. They think they're going to be the one that's going to change that. Right. And then they get the ump if they're not. You can't win is basically what you're saying. Sort of, yeah. Sometimes it does feel like you can't win. Pete, I want to talk about some of your your on-screen relationships because something that I've never been able to, I'd say, crack, and Ricky always teases me about this, is I've never dated a celebrity before. I've never dated anyone in the public eye so I've never really had to have a, a public relationship. So how do you navigate having a public relationship? And is it difficult? It's fucking hell. <laughs> people always say, oh, um, would you date someone that's not in the public eye? And I think most people would rather date someone that's not in the public eye. 
the places that, that I go and, and that people in the public eye go, but you end up just meeting people because they sort of understand like the industry you're in, if you like. Do you, does that make sense? Like it's very hard to, to date someone that has like a, a, a normal, like good job that kind of works nine to five or, or whatever else, because our work will take us like different places all the time. You're constantly kind of moving and it's quite hard to, to kind of be with someone when your, your social commitments don't kind of interlock. I think you and me are romantics, if I'm honest, Pete. I just think yeah. we believe we're in a rom-com and the right person will come along, <laughs> like in a rom-com, and, and that will be the person that we settle down with. But until then, we're just enjoying our time. That's my view. Yeah, I, I, listen, I completely agree with that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think a lot of people around me who are getting married and having kids, and it's, like, it's, it's great for them. Um, and then people always say to me, oh, isn't it about time you do this? Isn't it about time you settle down? Well, why? <laughs> no, why do I have to? Because everyone else is, well, you are getting on a bit or you're starting to get to that age where, you know, you should start thinking about that. But I'm not going to force that. If I haven't met anyone that I feel like I can do that with, then I don't see why I should do that. And it's fucking great that some people have and that they've settled down and having kids and doing all that sort of stuff. But we all live in our own lives and we're all, we're all on our, our kind of own journey and our own little path, aren't we? And I don't think there's a, a right way of doing it. But certainly past 30, if you're single past 30... And especially when you get into like, you know, mid-30s, people start sort of thinking, oh God, what's what's wrong with them? Pete, this is what I'm saying. Why is it me that this ain't wrong with? You feel me? You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and bro, I don't, I don't know about what your family are like, but my mum, literally, every conversation is, when are you going to have grandkids for me? When are you going to settle? Mm. That's, that is our conversation. If my mum calls me, I know that's going to come up. The nice thing about that, though, with your mum is that she's still got hope. <laughs> <laughs> which is really lovely. My mum's just, just, she's just given up. Really? My mum's like, oh, you'll die alone. It's fine. You know what I mean? Like, that's basically where my mum's head's at. She's just like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'm, I'm done now. Do you know what I mean? I've got no hope. The funny thing about my mum is that she hates now meeting with, she hates meeting any women I'm dating with now. She hates Really? She's so lovely, my mum. She's just, she's a fucking angel. And the problem is, is that she gets really attached to them. My mum, for example, still goes for dinner with my first ever girlfriend from when I was 15, she babysits her now kids. Wow. Do you feel like she wants you to be with that first ever girlfriend or has she just become a mate? No, no. She, I mean, I, I don't really see her after. I saw, I saw her recently um, and it was the first time I'd seen her in, in, in kind of years because I popped around to my mum's house and she was sat there having a cup of tea and I was like, well, this is fucking weird. <laughs> All right? <laughs> I used to shag you. Uh, do you know what I mean? It's very odd. Um but no, I think my mum is, is, she's just such a nice person. So now whenever I'm dating someone, she's like, I don't want to meet him. I don't want to meet him uh, because she gets really attached. But then what she does do, if she does meet someone I'm dating, is the first thing she'll say to them is, um, so what the fuck are you doing with him? Wow. It's like she puts them off. And I'm like, how do you expect me to settle down when you're telling them I'm such an arsehole? <laughs> you know what I mean? Listen, make your mind up. Well, listen, I think, I just think your mum has every woman's back when it comes down to you. Literally. My mum's a little bit like your mum in the fact that she gets really attached. She, she again, there's exes that she'll be like trying to like get to the house at, at family dues because she's like, you know, there might be hope for that person. To rekindle. She, yeah, she's got love for them. So yeah, I feel, it's so great chatting to you. You've made me feel so better about my day in life. Yeah, but because you probably chatted to me and thought, fuck me, things ain't that bad. <laughs> it could be worse. I could be Pete Wicks. 
I was chatting to my mate the other day and two of the old winners from last year's Love Island, they had to announce online that they've broken up. And I know you've been in a lot of kind of public relationships and where you may have had to do stuff like that. So how how do you deal with breakups in general and if you're dating someone publicly? So what I do now, I, I went through a stage where I seem to be getting uh, pictured with a new girl every week. Right. But, but they weren't necessarily people I was dating. Like some of them would be my friends and I'd be outside like having a cigarette or, or whatever else and I'd be talking to someone and then suddenly it's Pete Wick's new love interest. My mum funny enough, going back to my mum, has been my mystery woman. <laughs> Dead serious. I t- it got to the point, I took my mum to an event and I was outside having a cigarette with my mum and my mum's little five foot two, like blonde, and they took a picture of me talking to my mum outside and next day, and I had a girlfriend at the time, next day Pete seen chatting up mystery blonde. It was my fucking mother. Wow. Right? So I went through a stage where I was just getting pictured all the time just because I think people had this idea that I was just constantly out dating and Listen, if I was as successful as dating as what the press made me out to be, I'd be fucking King Dingling. <laughs> so now it's got to the point where I will try and go and leave places separate to someone if I'm on a date. Right. Purely because if you go on a date with someone and then you get pictured with them, you are then forever in the press, their ex, even if you're on a first date. Right. So the press automatically just put you together. So you could be seen with someone who you might be on a first or second date with, and then suddenly, as far as the press is concerned and everyone else, you're together. So then next week, if you go on a different date, you're cheating on the person you were with last week, but you're only on the first day. Pete, this sounds like hard work, bro. Do you know what I mean? So it makes it really difficult. But if you're actually in a proper, proper relationship, the breakup situation is fucking awful when you're in the public eye. It's so bad because everyone will have an opinion on it. So them two guys you're talking about from Love Island, they've had to put out this post, haven't they? Yeah where you try and get ahead of the curve, where you feel like you have to tell the world about what's going on in your life, just purely because otherwise the speculation and everything else is just going to cause a fucking whirlwind. And to be honest with you, for them, whatever's gone on is 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 between them, really. But everyone's going to speculate over the next fucking weeks about things. And these two now will be hot property in the fucking dating world. So the next person, if one of them goes on a date and gets seen with someone, that's going to be a fucking massive news because they had a high-profile relationship. So it makes it really difficult to navigate your way through trying to have some sort of private life. It's fascinating because I always used to wonder, like, you know, if you break up with someone, do you then call up your ex and say, look, I'm going to put up my post now? Is it something that you speak to, like, your PR about? Like, what what the hell do you do? Yeah, you do. Literally. All of those things? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I imagine they would probably have to speak to agents about getting the right thing put out. They both have to agree to fucking get it out. Do you know what I mean? And then not, I'm not going to do any press interviews about it and I'm not going to do this and I'm not going to do that. And you would have to have some sort of amicable agreement, I imagine, which is fucking sad, really, because actually what people forget is that's also their real lives. You know, these guys were probably together for a couple of years or, or whatever it may be. So they obviously had a real relationship there. For real, man. For real. I mean, it's obvious that you're really into certain things like motorcycles. Uh, you're always posting up really cool photos and obviously tats too. Do you think it's important for your partner to have a common interest to you? Like, for example, I love my music. So I, I don't know. I might find it hard to hard to date someone that wasn't into their tunes. Do you know what, mate? I, I, I actually disagree a little bit with that. I think it's really important to have the same sense of humour. I think that's, that's one of the most important things as someone. But I quite like when someone has completely different interest to me okay i'm not particularly like you know well educated but I've, i'm a bit of a get like i really love learning 
Yeah. That sounded so geeky, but it's true. So actually, if people do things that are different to me, I quite like learning about that and, and vice versa. If people, if you have the same interest, don't get me wrong, it's great if you do have the same interest, but I quite like it if we don't have the same interest. As long as you have the same kind of core values on stuff and the same sense of humour, it's quite nice learning about different things that people like. I do get you on that one. Uh, Pete, because I, I always like it if someone teaches me something new. Yeah, I find that really sexy. Because this is another thing. I, I really like independent women. I really like women that have got their own fucking lives, that, you know, really care about stuff, got ambitions, and, and they want to do stuff. Because I find that I find that really attractive. You know, when you get them couples and, and, and they get together and then suddenly they just become one person. I fucking hate them couples. I feel like, going back to the music thing, I feel like, so for example, if someone hated music, I'm a DJ, I work on radio, like, it would be a nightmare for me if they didn't like music. So for example, if you met someone tomorrow and they never, they had no interest in motorbikes, they never wanted to get on the back of a bike, would that be hard for you? Yeah, do you know what? Yeah, it probably would. Yeah, it probably would because I do spend a lot of time on the bikes and that. Um, But, I think, actually, I think it's probably different, like music for you, because music's your job as well. So music's your love, but it's your job. And I think if someone really hated music, and I imagine you listen to music all the time and you like all sorts of, all sorts of different types of music. So I imagine that that's probably quite um, quite a big thing. If, for, I'll tell you what, yeah, dogs. I, I love my dogs. I'm obsessed with my dogs. They're like my kids. If someone didn't like fucking dogs, gone. No chance. All right, fair. You're listening to Melvin Meets His Match, brought to you by Tinder. It's easy to meet your match when you have something in common. Tinder lets you add passions to your profile to help you connect with people who share your interests. Great idea. Right, so Pete, this is the part of the uh, podcast that I call Melvin's Dates O'Doom. So I talk about my dating dilemmas and disasters. And my guest, that will be you today, will basically tell me how you would navigate through this situational scenario. So this is something that happened to me uh, a few years ago. And this is like my days at Kiss. And me and Rick's, we still gig now, but we had loads of gigs back then. And we had like this gig in the Isle of Wight for Isle of Wight Festival. Now, my favorite thing, Pete, you probably know this, is freeness. I'm a cheapskate and I love saving money. And so I used to love it if I could go on a gig and use that hotel room for my own, you know, sexual desires. We've spoken about this before, Melvin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm not, I'm not even going to bring it up when I tell you after, because I'm pretty sure I, it, we'll talk, I'll talk about it after. Go on. Yeah, you can tell me. <laughs> yeah. well, you can tell me after this story, right? Yeah. So basically, uh, what happened was um, there was this girl that I was dating who lived not too far from the Isle of Wight, and I thought I could kill two birds with one stone here. I can get paid. I could drive Ricky there because he wasn't driving at the time. I could see this girl. I could enjoy the hotel room with this girl and then go back home. And she won't have to waste petrol money to come all the way to me because she was like four hours away. And, you know, I could enjoy this gig and see her at the same time. So I've picked up Ricky from his house. We've driven there. The rain's really, really bad. We've arrived at the hotel and the guy behind the counter goes, uh, Ricky and Melvin, right? I was like, yep. He goes, here's your key. And I was like, what do you mean key? Oh, fucking brilliant. And he goes, y- y- you've got a room together. You're sharing a room. And I've gone, no, no, it's Ricky and Melvin. We're, you know, from, from Kiss. We're working tomorrow. He goes, yeah, you've got two beds in one room. That's, that's the only room we have available at the moment. 
And as he said that, the girl I'm dating walks through the door into reception. Ricky, obviously, being Ricky, just bursts out laughing because he knows what's about to go down. And I'm fuming because I've just driven four hours from London to get to this place. So we've gone upstairs to the room and I'm horny as hell because I've not seen her in weeks. And I'm trying to work out where we can have sex in this hotel room without Ricky sitting in the corner watching us. Yeah. So I've gone, should we go to the bathroom? The bathroom's it's a terrible bathroom. There's nowhere to do it. I've, I've gone, should we go to the car? At the time, I'm driving this tiny little car, two-seater. The only place we could have done it was on the bonnet, but it was like proper terrestrial rain, so can't go outside. So Ricky goes to me, Melvin, look, he whispers to me, he goes, I'll sleep in the cupboard. I was like, what? He goes, it's quite a big cupboard. There's a fold-up bed in there. I can kind of half fold it out so it's a V-shape. And he was really into this TV show called um, 24 at the time. He goes, I'm just going to put my headphones on and watch 24 on the laptop. He goes, don't mind me. He goes, when you finish, just give me a little knock and I'll come back out again, right? I'll take one for the team. So I've gone, Rick, are you serious? He goes, yeah. So he's gone into this cupboard, Vinny's like T-shirt and boxes, closed the door, and I've gone to, to my partner, like, let's get it on. We've, you know, one thing's led to another. I'm really going at it, finally finished. And I've gone, let me go and get Ricky out so you can, like, proper sleep on his bed. Let me go and get Ricky out. (laughs) Get Ricky out of his cupboard, right? So I've said said to Ricky, do you want to come out? And he's gone, no, it's quite comfortable in it. And he slept there for the whole night. You made your mate sleep in a cupboard <laughs> so that you could bang a girl because you wouldn't pay for another hotel room. You are a fucking horrible friend. You are a, you are a disgusting, disgusting man. And I fucking rate it. <laughs> you know what? Till this day, like, if Ricky asked me to do something, he will pull that story out because... Like, he really took one for the team that yeah, night. Yeah, massively. And uh, it's a story we'll never forget. So I want to find out from you, Pete. Um, have you ever been in a situation even similar to that? Because essentially, that, that was because of I was such a cheapskate. Um, so have you, you know, tried to save money, but essentially it's affected your date? Do you know what? For me, no, because I'm, I'm probably the opposite. I, I'm useless for money, and I just, do you know what I mean? Like, I just think... Throw it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm one of them... Um, kind of idiots. I can't save money. I'm fucking terrible at saving money. So I go sort of over the top, I think. So so I've not been in that situation. I have been in a situation that is very similar with a mate, though. Oh, I don't know if I can tell this story. Can you talk about it or is it not for not for podcast listening? I probably can't. I've got, but, but, I'm not going to say the mate was. Uh, this is going to sound really bad. So I was in Dublin and I was on a stag do. So there was a few of us around, but I knew a few people in Dublin anyway. So I'd, I'd you know, spoke to this girl who, um, you know, I'd met in London a little while before and she'd come and met us because uh, she was from Dublin. So I said, I oh, want you to come out. I'm on this kind of stag do. You know, there's a few of the boys. There wasn't like a big group of us. It was about six, I think there were seven of us. So it was seven of us and she brought with a few of her friends. And obviously, the, you know, the groom had got hammered and the groom was good as gold because people will know who the groom is. You know, he didn't do anything wrong. In fact, he was at the, at the time, I think he'd passed out in the club. But a couple of his friends were quite into this girl's kind of mates. So they said, oh, we're having this party back at the hotel. But I was sharing a room with the groom. Right. 
and he was literally fucking passed out. Like, do you know what I mean? We'd gotten so drunk throughout the day. We'd been to the Guinness factory and all this sort of stuff. And he was like in the club, like passed out. So the rest of us were basically just using it like a night out. So anyway, we've invited all these girls back to the hotel. So there's a few guys and there's a few girls and everyone's kind of having a bit of a party. And the groom's gone, oh, I've got to go to bed. I've got to go to bed. So we took him to bed and then we went in someone else's room having a bit of a party. Anyway, I'm getting on really well with this girl. And she was like, listen, where can we go? I completely forgot the groom was in the fucking room. <laughs> So, so I've what, gone was he was he still passed out? Passed out, Sparko. So I got back to the room and I went, shh, don't worry, he's passed out. He's going to be out for ages because he's just absolutely like, he's so drunk. So we got back into the room and me and the girl, you know, we're on the fucking bed going at it and he's on the bed next to us. And, you know, I was a bit drunk and she was a bit drunk and we are having a fucking great time. And then suddenly the lights got on. The groom stood there, absolutely hammered with his cock hanging out. Um, <laughs> mate, it was the weirdest thing. And he went, what are you doing? Who fucks that? <laughs> and I'm midway through this bird and I went, go back to sleep. And he went, right. He's... Did he go back to sleep? No. So he was that fucked, right? So he's turned the light out and I sort of like, then, you know, we'd kind of finished because me and her were like laughing and we was like, we'll just wait for him to go back to bed again. Then I hear him pissing, right? I then put the fucking light switch back on because I hear this fucking bumping around this because it was quite a big room. And he'd actually opened the wardrobe and pissed in the wardrobe oh. to put in the toilet. So then I've got a bird in bed that I've been trying to, whilst I'm having to put the groom back to put his cock back in his fucking trousers, getting back in the bed because he's pissed all in the wardrobe. So, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's a similar... It's, it's um, close because similar... two, two, two mates in a room with, with a partner and a wardrobe is involved. So, yeah, it's close enough for me. And the wardrobe's involved. Yeah, apart from, yeah, there's no one asleep in my wardrobe. It was just full of piss. <laughs> <laughs> and as you can imagine, that sort of killed the mood because Mino just could not stop laughing. Could not stop laughing. Pete, I knew I, knew I could count on you for a good story. But the best thing is next morning, next morning for breakfast, he didn't remember any of it. Seriously? Didn't remember it. Didn't remember a fucking thing. When I say he was hammered, I mean like we literally got him hammered throughout the day. He was asleep in the club. So I just assumed it would be fine and he wouldn't wake up. And he just happened to wake up. Midway, because I don't know how he woke up. He's literally like uncon- unconscious. I mean, he woke up because of you were banging the girl next to him, essentially. Well, yeah, effectively, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it could have been worse because if he was that drunk and started fucking knocking one out in the corner, it could have been really weird. Do you know what I mean? So at least he just went for a piss. Real talk. On to the final part of our podcast. We have a listener dilemma or scenario. Um, just want to get your views on this, Pete. Right. My best mate broke up with his girlfriend a few months ago. She's still in the same friendship group and me and her get on really well. I would like to make a move, but I'm worried what my friend will say. This is a tricky one because I, I don't know about you though, Pete, but generally I try to remain friends with my exes. Yeah, I do. What, I mean, what would you do first of all in this situation? I think it depends on the length of the relationship and how serious the relationship was. Right, okay. But also, listen, I always say mates before, you know, women full stop. Like, that's 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 kind of a thing. If my mates date someone, then I, I don't want that. I wouldn't want to date her. Do you know what I mean? I, I would find it a bit, uh, I would find it a bit odd. If it's been a real emotional, like, long term, then it's an absolute no-go. It's just, it, there's just no way. Wouldn't even think about it, wouldn't do it. If it's someone that someone's been seeing, then I think if you wanted to make a move, then you've got to go and speak to your friend first. Yeah. You've got to get a, it, out of respect, man. It's, it's, it's one of them. Like, 
And if he goes, yeah, do you know what? I'm sweet with it. Fine. But if you just fly in there and don't speak to your mate first, then you're a fucking snake. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's fucking naughty behavior that. That's that's Ricky's rule with me. He's like, Melvin, look, I don't mind if you date someone I've dated. He just says, like, just tell, tell me. me. First. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Yeah, and I think I think that's just a respect thing. And then you know, if it's someone that someone actually had feelings for, and they went, you know, I'd rather I'd rather you not, man, because it's a bit it's a bit fucking sore for me. Sweet, at least you know, and that's the fucking end of it. But if you do things a little bit on the sly, nah, mates, don't do that. You know what? Me and Ricks have had it the the reverse. So when he first went on Hinge, he matched with a girl that I'd taken out on a date, and he, she claims. She didn't know we were friends, right? Sorry. This... <laughs> what a load of bollocks yeah, that is. This is what I'm saying, bro. Oh, fucking hell. This is what I'm saying. So she, she, he, he showed me a photo one day, and he, I was like, I've been on a date with this girl. So he obviously went back, and he was like, Melvin said he's been on a date with you. She's like, oh, you know, you know Melvin? No way. And I was like, there's no way. Mate. There's no way. If you've been on a date, the first thing a girl does is go on social media. Yeah. It's rare to find a strip without Ricky on there. Yeah. All right, so yeah. we've got a, one more listener um, dilemma here. So I'm newly single after six years of being a, in a relationship. Um, I'd like to have some fun, but I'm not too sure how to let girls know that I'm not interested in anything serious in a respectful way. How should I make sure that we're on the same page? Now, this is a really difficult one for me, Pete, because I think it's impossible for me to get into a no-strings relationship. I always end up being in a relationship or being friend-zoned. It's, it's impossible. I don't think, in my opinion, I can have a relationship with a girl without emotion being attached in there somewhere. Is that because you get emotionally attached? No, because I think the way in which girls see me, I think... Girls will always see me as a, a partner rather than a fling. Whereas, like, for example, Ricky in his heyday, they'll go into a club and go, oh, that's a nice, light-skinned, sexy-looking dude in the corner there and reproach him that way. Because I think people are attracted to me because of my personality. And I think when you're attracted to someone's personality, then it's easier for you to fall in into something with them rather than if you have a physical attraction. I always think people overthink how they go about telling people things. And I think... Sometimes, you know, like putting a plaster off, you're better off doing that. And if you're not interested in, in pursuing saying or, or it being kind of, uh, or, or, or you want saying to stay more casual and just chilled out, I think you just have to say that from the get-go because then it's someone's choice whether or not they stick around. Right. So uh, no strings never normally ends up no strings because someone always gets feelings. Yep. And I think the only way that you can combat that is to be brutally honest from the position and keep checking in. It's the communication side of things. If you start saying something with someone and it's kind of casual and no strings, you know, every couple of weeks, it's probably worth checking that that's still the fucking case. Do you know what I mean? Because you can say that and then you could be sleeping with someone for six months and then you still think it's no strings, but in six months, someone's falling in love with you. And then suddenly you're like, oh, I can't believe it. I thought it was just no strings. Well, you have been basically seeing someone for six months, you know, there was going to be feelings at some point, weren't there? No one's that fucking evil and heartless. And you can't then blame that person for fucking getting feelings. Oh, I can't believe that she said it was just fun. You know what I mean? You have been on three holidays together and you met the family. Like, it's not that casual, is it? Folks have got a habit of pretending things are casual, even though it's not casual because they don't want to admit they've actually got feelings. Yeah. You know what? For me, because I, I don't know, I was really looking forward to having this conversation with you because I think out of everyone I know, you have probably the most similar lifestyle to me. 
And I think deep down, we are good guys that want to settle down. We're just not quite there yet. So I've really enjoyed this conversation. I feel like I've learnt loads. So thanks for joining me today, Pete. No worries, my man. Out this weekend, should we get out? Yeah, yeah, I'll see, I'll see you at the bar. The sun's shining. <laughs> <laughs> So great to have Pete Wicks on the podcast this week. The guy is so funny, but he also knows his stuff when it comes to dating. Here are a few of my highlights. If you have different interests, it shouldn't put you off. It can make the relationship more interesting or even more sexy. When trying to initiate conversation, eyes and flame emojis might not be the best way to kick things off. And if you do land yourself in a situation where you bring someone back to your hotel, it might be a good idea to book another room rather than make your friends sit in a cupboard. You've been listening to Melvin Meets His Match brought to you by Tinder. Next week on the podcast, I'm joined by YouTuber Lewis Ball. It's going to be a good one and I can't wait for you to hear it. Make sure you follow the podcast and I'll see you next week. Clap.